Welcome to the Choose Love for the Workplace podcast. Hello, listeners. My name is Jerry Alina. I'm the National Director of Choose Love for the Workplace. We're part of the Jesse Lewis Choose Love movement, which was founded by Jesse's mother, Scarlett Lewis, following the Sandy Hook massacre. Here we are, May 2020, our seventh week of lockdown here in Connecticut and across much of the country. And while the coronavirus has hit many people hard, small business owners are among those who have been hit the hardest. These can be restaurants, bars, medical practices, real estate firms, you name it. There are all sorts of things to worry about if you own a business. And I know for a fact that no one had coronavirus in their 2020 business plan. So a lot of questions come up now, a lot of things that they're worried about. Can I reopen? Will I have customers? How do I pay my employees? How do I pay my bills? Will I even have a business to come back to? Our topic today is what to do in this crisis how to manage your anxiety, and how to successfully reinvent yourself. So to discuss this and many other issues, I have a very special guest today, Linda Ray, a partner at Aurora Consulting, a small business commercial finance broker here in Connecticut. So Linda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Oh, it's exciting to have you here. I mean, we've known each other for 20 years. Yes. And in that time, you've not only attained success, but you've reinvented yourself professionally at least three times that I can think of. Yes, it's definitely been at least three times in the past 30 years or so. So you're, you're a good chunk of that. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? I'll try to give you the most abridged version as possible. So my background is predominantly 30 years in the insurance business mm-hmm. and I really loved the insurance business, but it wasn't my calling. There was really no passion. The only real passion I had with insurance was I loved doing the marketing of my business in insurance. And so when I successfully sold my half of the business, I was able to think about how to pursue a career possibly, or a new business possibly in marketing, and maybe even to specialize with other insurance agencies who didn't have the resources or the time or the interest to market themselves the way I was doing with my agency. Thus began a pursuit of being a marketing consultant for insurance agencies. And I figured out pretty quickly that when you do marketing for other people's business, it's not the same as marketing your own business. So I was thinking, how can I start another business? At that time, my partner who had retired from the New York residential mortgage business, he was a direct lender for first time home buyers. I said, you know, your financing background, I worked with thousands of business owners in the insurance and I do love ambitious entrepreneurs and business owners who want to grow their business. How can we put together our backgrounds, our expertise, our knowledge, our, our strengths and our weaknesses and put it together and help other business owners? And so we started a commercial financing brokerage business. And that was twenty December 2018. We kicked it off. I had an aggressive marketing campaign set up. And we started getting clients and we were excited and we built a matrix of lenders because you can't have clients who want to borrow money and not have the lenders. So we developed a matrix of lenders uh, with different specializations and niches and we were off to the races and it was fantastic. And then March 2020 happened and everything shut down. The lenders just 
put all the loans on hold because it was all hands on deck with the SBA and the CARES Act. And the clients that we had in the pipeline, their loans didn't close to this day. So we're not even sure what will happen and when it will happen, if it'll happen. So you didn't have pandemic in your 2020 business No, plan? definitely not. No? Definitely and not. What are your clients telling you? What What are you seeing out in the small business world today? Uh, there's a lot that's being discussed by more so with possibilities. I think there are certain business owners that are able to not only pivot, but bridge themselves with other areas of their business that are possible for success. There are a ton of people are trying to figure out how to go online with their business. And if that's even a possibility, and there's just a lot of businesses that are trying to think outside the box and get creative. I think with business owners, this time brings up a lot of potential for negative feelings and emotions, for sure. The sadness, there's grief involved because things aren't happening the way you had planned. But I think there's also a lot of positivity that can be gleaned from this. You know, when there is sometimes a natural complacency that can set in when things are going well. And when things are going well, there's there's a less need to plan and a less need to pivot. And there's no need to pivot, essentially, right? Because everything's going as planned. Right. But I think, you know, people who are naturally positive and look for possibilities, they're going to figure out a way to, you know, all right, now it's time to dig deep. Let's delve into, you know, the unknown and how to embrace things that can be learned. A lot of the first things that I started hearing was this is a time to do stuff you put off. And no matter how successful you are, there are things that are always being put off. So how can we embrace the time we gained? There's lots more time because you don't have to travel to get to business meetings. So how are you filling up that time to learn new ways to do business? Yeah, and even if you've been shut down through the pandemic and the lockdown, most business owners are naturally risk takers. You know, typically when you think of entrepreneurs, you think of people that think outside the box and tend to grow their business that way. By looking for a niche that maybe wasn't there before. Yes. So, you know, I think that since they're naturally risk takers, they are going to find that new way to look at the business world and where they can be successful. Yeah, I was going to say how one of the biggest things that aids in this new way, and it's not even a new way, but it's a way that needs to be taken. You have to talk more to your clients and your customers. Now, they may not be buying from you right now because what you are offering is not feasible any longer in the same way a transaction was done. But the thing is that is so critical right now is to keep in touch with the clients and customers on what types of problems they are having or how can you solve a certain new type of problem. And that's the key right now. And communication has always been the key. It's just a matter of how you embrace it and leverage it to work for you in your business. So if you're keeping in touch with your clients and customers, even if you can't sell them something, you can learn from them on what are some of the things they're finding that are new potential problems? 
Linda, that's a great point. That's one of the things that we had brought up in our webinar series is that at this time, there's no need to actually just stand still. I can go back to my experience being a wholesaler for an insurance company following 9-11 that, by the way, in the New York area, while a lot of the advisors I used to call on were basically paralyzed, you know, still reaching out to them, saying, hello, how is everybody doing? Has anybody in your family been affected right. by this? You know, what are you seeing? Was my big question. Yeah. You know, what are you seeing? How are you feeling? Those types of questions that will get them to open up and tell you, you know, where your customers are at. Exactly. My hairdresser just last night, she texted me because I was on a live video on Facebook and she was like, I'm glad to see your hair's holding up. <laughs> you know, it's like, who isn't yeah. talking about, you know, how many videos with people getting their hair cut by their spouse or their kid or something, right? And so we started texting and chatting and, you know, she's kind of feeling a little down because I think as humans, we're not wired to be isolated from one another. And here she was in a business where she's seeing people and touching people and being close to people like physically, literally, figuratively, you know, and all of it. And, um, you know, there's a sadness there. And of course, the loss of income is brutal, you know, so that's its own level mm -hmm. of grief. But I think also, even if you're not communicating with your clients and customers, utilizing social media. And for those that have not embraced social media now, this is the time where if you didn't learn it before, or you didn't have time to do it before, uh, then this is the time you can utilize and leverage social media to reach out to your community and do some polls and questions. Social media lends itself to these types of outreach. And Quora is a great platform for asking questions, researching questions. My point is research. That's the second, but communication and research. Find out what people are doing. Politely stalk your competition is a strategy, and it's a perfectly acceptable strategy to figure out what other people are doing and how other problems are being solved and what solutions are being presented. And if you're a business owner and you're reluctant to contact your clients or you're reluctant to reach out to them, I'll remember uh, something a wise old hand in the business told me. He was actually an attorney and he spends a lot of his time soliciting business and he does big business ventures, mergers and acquisition and that kind of thing. And his, his advice always was people are flattered when you ask for their business. They, they want to hear from you. Your clients really do want to hear from you. You're not interrupting them. They, they want to know that yes. you're still around. You know, as you've reinvented yourself over the years, you were an early adopter of social yes. media. Twitter was my jam. Okay. Hashtag Twitterholic. I was in love. And in my previous business, I was very fortunate. And I think I remember how I did it, but I amassed about 13,000 followers when I ended up exiting the business. And because of the time it took me to get back on my feet post buyout and just kind of like, all right, what now? What's next? I did not embrace Twitter in the same way, but I'm back on Twitter and it's, it's a way to communicate with people that you don't know, whether it's socially or in a professional sense. And I think part of the success that I had with social media was 
I was not all business. I was bringing myself into the equation by way of, you know, my perspectives or stuff I was doing socially or just musings and madness that I had that I would share. No politics, no religion, nothing terribly controversial. It was more, you know, amusing to me and sharing. The best way to describe it was instead of one-on-one talking to someone and having to get dressed, get showered, go to a meeting, handshake one at a time, this was a way you could be in your pajamas at 6 a.m. and communicate and engage and participate in various conversations in a more leisure way, in a more comfortable way, and on your own terms kind of way. And then when you said that you got dressed and got showered, you meant you showered before I, you got yes. dressed, Thank you for that. Yes. You know, it's been so long. I've, I've lost. I know it's like riding a bike. So I guess I'll, I'll figure out soon enough how to get back into that routine. You know, what's your favorite social media platform other than Twitter? You do a lot with video. I do a lot with video now. But, you know, Jerry, that's the best thing about social media is there are so many platforms and they all serve potentially for different reasons or different audiences, different target markets mm-hmm. that, you know, I didn't always do video and you have to get out of your comfort zone. I was one of those high statistics of, you know, oh, I don't want to go on video because, you know, I need to lose five pounds and I have to get my hair cut and my makeup isn't on and all of that. I definitely admittedly was part of that. And uh, when when we were building the new business, Aurora Consulting for commercial financing business, I said video is the way to go. And I, I'm not an early adopter to video for sure. No, but you have a large following. You have, you know, there's a lot of people that tune into those. Well, they were very fun. We were doing two weekly series and we had had six months under our belt, a two weekly series. We had If Then Thursday which was um, circumstances and consequences business owners face every day and finance Friday, facts and fundamentals of finance. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we were doing videos right up until March. uh, I think March 13th was our last video. And then we went on hiatus from those two series and began Mm -hmm. uh, posting and commenting on the SBA disaster relief financing. So we haven't been doing structured videos. We haven't been doing short or long form videos for two months now, but I'm eager to get back because it is absolutely necessary. Video is a way for people to connect Mm -hmm. in a better way. And so looking back as a business owner, you've marketed yourself, you've gone out, you're keeping in touch with your clients, you're keeping in touch with your vendors, you're probably in touch with your landlord on a regular basis as a business owner. If I wanted to reinvent myself, talk to me about business plans. What's the importance of that? Again, doing a business plan is the first, (laughs) like people don't do them. The population of the people that actually construct a business plan is, I don't have the actual statistic, but I will tell you in our commercial financing business, we had worked with in a year doesn't sound like a lot, but we had about a couple dozen business owners that we worked with to get loans processed and in the pipeline for their mm-hmm. line of credit or their mortgage. There was one, one business owner, and he didn't even own his business yet. It was a startup grocery store, <laughs> and he mm-hmm. had a business plan that he constructed mm-hmm. 
and he did get help. He did not do it himself. He outsourced it. Uh, but one out of two dozen, just as a small sampling of people that do not mm-hmm. do business plans. And there are three main reasons why you're going to want to do a business plan. And one of them and how we got into doing them for clients is because for financing, if you want to secure a loan and get money out of a bank and have a bank give you money to build your business, you will need a business plan. They will ask you for a business plan. Yeah, that's totally essential, right? If you think about it, you know, the back of an envelope or a napkin is great for family members when you're coming up with a business plan. But, you know, when you're dealing with a lender or a bank or an investor, they're going to want to see what you That's have right. planned. What's important to include in a business plan? Well, you want to have your value proposition. So that's basically one sentence to 140 characters. Think of it like a tweet. Uh, one sentence that describes mm-hmm. the value that you provide to your customers. You're going to want to talk about what the market need is for your product or service. So what problem are you solving? for your potential customers and what is the solution to that problem that you're solving? What is that exactly? You're going to want to discuss your competition. What other customers, how are they buying from other people and what are those competitors offering and who is your ideal customer? You know, you hear all the time from any kind of pundit in the business of building business, What's your avatar? You know, what's your persona? You know, you need to have your target market down to, you know, what kind of car do they drive? Or, you know, are they male or are they female? Do they have a family? I mean, you set up a real person and you can base this on previous customers. It's not that hard. You already have an ideal customer that's purchased from you. So you need to replicate that. Uh, You have to have a sales and marketing plan. You know, even for financing, Okay. They ask for a business plan and then they'll say, all right, what's the marketing plan? Well, guess what? Wouldn't it be great if you could give them that document that has both, it it solves both problems. It's your business plan and it's your marketing plan. How are you marketing your product and services uh, online or what sales channels are you using? You want to get super specific, what your budget is and your sales goals. So all your financials, have you had milestones in your business? You know, and who is behind your business? Who are the people that make this happen every single day? And then you can sum it all up in the executive summary, which, by the way, you know, obviously has to go last because if you're summarizing, you've had to have all the elements prior to that to have a summary. But the executive summary sometimes is your one page business plan already set up for you because it's a summary of all the components that you discuss that are critical. Yeah, I remember uh, about a year ago, I was at a symposium with a big accounting firm. They were talking about business valuation and what investors are looking for when they're looking to purchase a business. And you had brought it up about who are the people behind it. And that turned out to be very critical because what investors typically look for is if something were to happen to the business owner, what does the bench look like? You know, the business owner wanted to retire, how would it carry on? And are those people up to the task? You know, that can have a huge impact, maybe not in a commercial lending world, but definitely if you were looking to be purchased or if you were looking to sell. 
Yes, and that's one of the three reasons. So we talked about the financing request where you'll need a business plan. And you're bringing up uh, another reason, which is equity investors and partners. That's one reason. And then the third reason, which could be the first reason, is it's for your own direction, your own strategy, your own outline and edification of how you're going to map out a path of success for yourself for short-term and longer-term timeframes. So, you know, to kind of switch gears a little bit, as a business owner, you've been doing this for a while. You made the transition, as I recall, from a corporate employee Uh in insurance, Uh in underwriting, into sales. Oh, (laughs) uh, yeah, yeah. Corporate, salary, benefits, uh, expense account. And I did that for nine years and then came back to New York where it was retail, family-owned, commission, regulated, sales. And, and you actually started out in life insurance before you switched. I did. I got my, uh, my, my life and health and then my 6 and 63. And when I had all of a sudden, I had like two or three requests for 401k plans. And that's when you and I were introduced. Yeah, absolutely. And then you switched over to property. Yep. I ended up uh, right. running the commercial lines department so we could build the commercial lines, which is how I fell in love with working with business owners. And then and now commercial finance. So the unexpected comes up. Yes. You know, other than coronavirus, what are some surprises that you learned? Ooh, surprises. Um, well, I think the biggest surprise and... I'm stammering here because I'm trying to make it sound fortuitous, but it was the lack of planning with very successful business owners. Um, For example, we had, I mean, and we worked with a salon owner, $60,000 salon to a $6 million livery business. um, And no one had plans and no one knew how to answer certain questions about their business that would have been easy to answer if they had had a business plan. So in seeing no matter what the level of success was, there was just a lot of uh, lack of planning going on. Wow. And then, you know, as you look forward past Uh the pandemic, what do you see as some of the challenges ahead? I think there's one thing that is happening right now that I'm hoping will abate a little bit. And that's people feeling super sensitive about selling. And I can say that because I can say easily that I'm projecting because you want to have, you know, everyone's talking about kindness and empathy and compassion. And it's true. That is key just as a human condition, but there's also a level of service that business owners bring to the public and to their clients and customers that is necessary and its own level of compassion because people are, like I said, solving problems. So to think that sales is, is offensive is unfortunate for some and perhaps, and I don't know that perspective, maybe they're not business people that are having these perspectives or maybe the the people that are offended are not owning a business, but I think adjusting the mindset of sales and the act of selling and being, you know, the smarmy insurance salesperson or the car dealership and all the professions that get bad raps from selling, 
I think that needs to change dramatically and quickly because we all are going to have to figure out how to make money so we can recycle it back into the economy. That's how it works. You know, as you've looked forward, you've reinvented yourself a number of times. There have been good and bad emotions every time that you've reinvented yourself. The good ones are easy to manage. How have you managed some of the tough emotions? Well, I consider myself a uh, professional development junkie. I love reading about different perspectives to have a newer insight on how to think of something when you're having to, you know, basically go out there and get a new job every day, right? Because that's what an entrepreneur does. And that's what a new business owner does. Your clients are now your new boss. And every day you're going out and having to get a new job by finding a new client. So since leaving corporate for 20 years, I have always researched and outsourced for assistance in developing skills that helps me, you know, position myself a little bit more favorably so that people, even if they say no or they don't need to buy from me, we can do it in a way where there's no hard feelings. Let's just move on. Thank you for saying no. I took a training course probably 15 years ago that changed my life so that anyone who said, yeah, maybe I hung on to them like they were the only person that mattered. And the thing is, I didn't know how to disqualify prospects that were never going to buy from me. So, you know, I think if I remember the question, it was really just to continue learning how to hone on skills to communicate with people and to share with them what I do in a kind, empathetic, passionate manner and selling. So what you're saying is your way of creating that space between the stimulus and a reaction so that you can respond is to actually learn something. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you know, Linda, this has been very insightful for our listeners and thank you for your time today. You know, are there any final messages you'd like to leave our listeners with? I would say keep communicating with people and you'll know if it's not welcomed and move on and don't take it personally, but communicate and research so that you can thrive in whatever new business pursuits you endeavor, but you have to communicate and you have to research. Linda, thanks for your time today. Thank you, Jerry. It's been a pleasure. And for our listeners out there, if they wanted to get in touch with you, how would they reach you? Yes. Well, my name is Linda Ray, R-E-Y. You can find me at actually two different websites. And the reason I'm overwhelming your listeners with two different websites is because you can go to bridgestreetbusinessplans.com. And there is a button right on the homepage where you can download an outline for starting to construct a business plan. And the second website is www.auroraconsulting.biz. That's A-U-R-O-R-A consulting.biz. And that's our commercial financing brokerage business. Thank you very much. So to all of our listeners out there, this has been a podcast from the Jesse Lewis Choose Love Movement, Choose Love for the Workplace. We are an organization that runs on donation, and you can donate at www.chooselovemovement.org. If you'd like to engage us at Choose Love for the Workplace, we offer seminars and workshops that teach social and emotional learning for business owners and their employees. We offer leadership coaching, team building and consulting, 
And we will send a daily reminder that you can opt in by texting the letters SEL to 484848. Again, that's SEL to 484848. And if you donate at our website, www.chooselovemovement.org, a $50 donation will get you a copy of our Choose Love journal. For a $100 donation, you'll get a hat. And a $250 donation will get you a signed copy of Scarlett Lewis's book, Nurturing, Healing, Love. So visit us at www.chooselovemovement.org. And thank you very much for your time today. It's all part of us. We can all choose love in a love.